Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily live show from 8.30 to 9am to help out small businesses. Now, if you've got any questions for me at all today, do leave them in the comments of the live feed. We'll get to those in a bit. Now, also launching today is the Intuit QuickBooks Mindful Tax Kit. So do check out the link in the comments for 10 top tips to help you de-stress, which I think we all need at the moment, don't we? And if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. Now, during the live session, we're also going to be running a poll. So have a look at that. Do engage with it, and at the end, I'll reveal the results, which I think are going to be pretty interesting. So I'll introduce myself properly to you now. My name is Fern, and I more recently run my own brand, Happy Place. And I want to tell you a little bit more about that today. So you may have heard of Happy Place, um, predominantly via the podcast that I do, But it's kind of a lot more than a podcast now. And I think the stage of the sort of business journey that I'm on at the moment is really trying to expand and grow constantly and work out where we go next and what we do with Happy Place. So just in case you don't know um, about the brand, I'll tell you a little bit more. So we have the podcast, which we've been running for a few years now. We're about to go into series nine which is crazy to think we've done nine series. We've had some incredible guests over the years, like Alicia Keys, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Elizabeth Gilbert, Sam Smith, Hilary Rodham Clinton. Um, And it's just a chat about life, sometimes skirting around mental health, looking at wellness, well-being, whatever you want to call it. And I guess it's sort of the backbone of everything that Happy Place is. But we've really kind of work to expand and diversify our output over the years. So some other projects that we have, our Happy Place Live Festival, not so live at the moment, but in 2019, we launched our first live Happy Place Festival where we had two different um, venues going on, London and Manchester across a weekend with about 6,000 people per event uh, taking part in varying um, experience-led activities. We had a bunch of talks from brilliant people like Russell Brand, Pornabelle, Bryony Gordon, etc. Also yoga classes, fitness, meditation, arts and crafts and creative workshops, food, all sorts of stuff. And it was just probably one of the highlights of our happy place journey so far. I think, you know, the whole team just felt really chuffed that we'd pulled it off and that people seemed to really enjoy it. We had planned to do the festival again last year, but obviously due to a global pandemic, that did not happen. So we very quickly turned around the live event festival into a digital format where we had a month long festival, which in hindsight was probably a bit too long because it was a lot of work. But again, it was really wonderful to sort of see this happy place community that we've built really enjoying daily classes that were live um, with similar themes to what we did at the live festival, essentially. And it was a good experiment to see how we can make that happen digitally. We're not sure what's going to happen this year. 
we're looking into all options at the moment and how we might do it. But the Happy Place Festival will certainly be back in some form. Also, we have a product line in Boots, um, which really, again, encapsulates everything that Happy Place is, um, all to do with winding down, trying to find ways to combat stress, and also on an environmental tip, looking at how we can be as sustainable as humanly possible. So at the moment, all of the exterior packaging is recyclable, and it's, there's no plastic in the exterior packaging whatsoever, no vac packs. Even when it's being transported, we ensure that it's all just cardboard that's recyclable and made of recycled um, content. And again, with the minimal plastic that is used, it's partly recycled, but we plan to be completely plastic free very soon. So that's a big part of what Happy Place is about as well. Because, of course, if we're going to talk about mental health, spirituality, whatever it is, there has to be a link back to our planet. There has to be. It's all so linked. So that's a big part of what the brand stands for as well. Also last year, we had a really exciting new project, which was um, a Happy Place album that we put out with Decca Records. And we had incredible artists from all different genres, write music that meant something to them, motive music that was sort of based all around mental health, well-being and life. And oh my gosh, what a beautiful project that was to work on. And it, we're trying constantly to look at new ways to talk about mental health. So it doesn't have to just be books and podcasts. It can, of course, be via art and music being one of the easiest ways to, to get into our heads, to make us feel something. So that was a beautiful project all around. Also, we had a charity project last year with the Prince's Trust called The Great Create, which was all about encouraging us to be more creative and to get out whatever we're feeling onto paper or to make something to express ourselves. And I'm a Prince's Trust ambassador, so it was a really wonderful project to, again, be part of. And we've got something very exciting launching in February that is brand new, uh, a new um, string to our bow, which I'm I'm really, really looking forward to. So that's all coming up. I guess one of the things that I really wanted to talk about today is the fact that, especially if you are fresh out of uni or you're about to go to uni and you're wondering what you want to do with your life, you know, maybe you're, you've got a small business that you're running alongside or you've got plans to start a business. I think one of the main things that I've learned over the years is that we shouldn't be too bound with one idea of where we're headed or what we're doing. I've learned that in a real extreme way because I started in broadcasting at such a young age. I was 15 and I thought, this is what I'm going to do forever. And I think when you're on a trajectory and you're supposedly ascending to somewhere and you're following your peers and you're inspired by people around you, you think that that's the only route. And that's when I was certainly quite blinkered in my career and thought, this is just it. This is all I want to do. And then later down the line, um, in my late 20s, early 30s, I hit a big patch of depression. And if any of you have experienced a depressive episode, you'll know that not much makes sense. So at that point in my life, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I literally had no clue. But the one certain was that I needed change. So that's when I kind of moved away from, not left entirely, but moved away from the traditional work that I've been known for doing in broadcasting 
because I just needed some space. And I think sometimes what we need to do is the scariest thing possible. And for me, that was to jump into the void. I had absolutely no work. I had for the first time, you know, in my adult life, I had no plan for the first time in my adult life. And I had nothing to fall back on. You know, I, I didn't have like parents that were like, yeah, we'll sort this out if this goes wrong. I was sort of free falling for a bit. But often when we're free falling, or certainly when we hit rock bottom, it's the best time for huge seismic change. And that doesn't necessarily happen in one big go. We can't be sat there waiting for like an epiphany or waiting for this miracle. I think often we just have to be willing and open for small incremental positive change. And again, I've learned this in a really lovely way. The first bit of incremental change was writing down how I felt, just personally for myself. That then turned into a book, which I was very lucky to get published. It was called Happy. That was certainly the start of my literary life. And I went on to write a few more books after that, Calm and Quiet. And I've just written a new book called Speak Your Truth. And I guess at that point it was like, okay, people are open to the idea that I might not just be someone on the TV, um, you know, talking about whatever the show is. Maybe the audience that I'm talking to are up for listening to me talk about my life and subsequently life in general, mental health, how we cope with things. That's when the idea for the podcast came along. And podcasts weren't necessarily as huge as they are today. They were still kind of quite under the radar. So a lot of people were questioning, you know, why are you leaving Radio 1 why are you now doing a podcast that not many people are going to listen to? And this is the second thing I wanted to talk about. I kind of just went with what felt good rather than what everybody else was telling me I maybe should be doing or was a better idea, a more high profile idea. And I think often when we go with just what feels good, it might be a slow climb, but we'll certainly move in the right direction of heading to something that makes us feel good, that then therefore we're going to really work well at you know, I work to my best, to my optimum when I'm feeling good. And when I'm stressed and not feeling good, I don't work as hard or as brilliantly. So I kept moving the direction of what felt good. So that initially was a podcast. At that point, there was a real kind of pivotal moment where I started talking to my management about what we could do next and how we could really collate what I was doing. And that turned into the idea that Happy Place, not just the podcast, but a thing, a brand could live and breathe. So to cut a long story short, I went into business with my management, which was a, a new move. And we've started building together Happy Place. So I now have a, a board, a team of 15 people that I work with the year out and we come up with new ideas and ways of talking about mental health and really engaging with the Happy Place community and working out what to do next. So I feel like I'm in a, a really joyful position at the moment where I get to do something that I'm fired up about every day and I get to talk to people and listen to people and hear what they want and what we should be talking about. And that is truly exciting. So I feel very lucky, but it comes definitely from a place of pain. And I think, again, that's something else we should all bear in mind that when we've hit a tough spot, it's really interesting to look at 
how you could use that in your work, how you can use that as a catalyst, a springboard to have more empathy for the people you're working with, to create a community, to listen harder, better in, in it with more clarity. It's an interesting thing to bear in mind, putting the stuff you're going through personally into how you work. And that is something I'm still learning. I'm still trying my hardest at now. So anybody that already knows about Happy Place and what we're doing, stay tuned because we've got some pretty cool stuff on the way. Now, I want to dive into some of your questions because I've seen quite a lot come through. Thank you so much for submitting your questions so far. It's really wonderful to, at such an early hour, to be awake and communicating with you lovely people. So first up, a big good morning to Claire, who has Instagram DM'd and says, Hi Fern, how do you manage multiple hats and juggle your roles as a mother, entrepreneur, uh, writer, podcast host and still manage to ace everything? As an entrepreneur and mother of a one-year-old, I feel so overwhelmed sometimes. Claire, same. (laughs) I am definitely not acing things all the time. Let me give you an example, lovely Claire. Yesterday was an absolute nightmare. Um, I did a live Instagram in the morning that was super fun. That went well, felt really like powered up, but I was super tired. I'd slept badly the night before. My son was very reluctant to homeschool. After homeschool, he was very reluctant to go on our much needed daily walk. We had a huge family row. (laughs) We all just felt like, what is going on? We can't even get out of the house to do the one thing we're allowed to, which is walk. I did not feel like I was acing it. So I do try and offer up an authentic version of my life on Instagram, but I won't necessarily show all the moments like that yesterday because it was just too hectic to even get my phone. But believe me when I say it's just the struggle at the moment with the juggle is real. You know, we're all trying to homeschool and and it's crazy and it's not normal and it's not realistic and it's certainly not sustainable. So I just do what I can. And I try my best. Some days are ace and I feel like I'm smashing it and other days are awful like yesterday. So Claire, don't believe anything other than that. We're all in this boat together. Veronica from Twitter says, hi Fern, I'm a media student and a big fan. Thank you, Veronica. What advice would you give to people like me looking to build a career in the media industry? What are your thoughts about new media like YouTube and podcasts? Well, I think that they're certainly a really interesting way to... Um, engage with people. It's a much more interactive way often engaging with people than the more traditional route of perhaps TV, um, etc. I mean, radio is very interactive and it always has been very ahead of the game in that sense. But I think rather than worry, Veronica, about what is the best route, is it new media, is it down the more traditional route, I'd go back to my initial thought of Go with what feels good to you. You know, what do you personally enjoy using? What what makes you feel alive and buzzed and essentially useful? Because I feel really good in my career today because I feel more useful. I think before I felt quite disposable, you know, I, any TV presenter could replace me and do the job. But in what I do with Happy Place, I feel like, no, that's mine and I'm really enjoying it and I really do feel like I'm in a great conversation with people so I think go with what makes you tick there's no right and there's certainly no wrong go with what feels good Veronica and I wish you all the love and best with whatever you end up doing Graham from Instagram says what's the one lesson you've learned and cherished from your tv career that's a very good question Graham 
I would say it's probably something I've learned down the line and it's about interviewing people because that's predominantly what I do now with the podcast and with the Instagram lives and even with the books there's an interview element and I did a lot of TV interviews back in the day on Top of the Pops or whatever TV shows I was working on and I think I was so much more um, focused on the question I was asking rather than listening the greatest thing that I've learned is to listen to listen to what people are saying to pick up questions that are genuine because I've listened not because I think it's a great question that I've written down earlier and I think you can apply that to most things in life and work to listen to listen more Um, but listen to the right people don't just take any feedback willy-nilly because some of it will be useless and you don't need to take note of it it might just be someone having a pop at you which is not needed but listen to what you believe is genuinely good advice Um, thank you Graham um Adnan from Facebook Messenger hi Fern I love listening to you on Happy Place really enjoyed the ones with Russell Brand and Robbie Williams which have been your most favorite guests on the podcast so far also who would you like to interview next yeah I love those two episodes Russell's a great friend of mine so it's and he's you know we we, we've had him twice on the podcast he's got the most ridiculous vocabulary and brain he's just amazing so it's always a really interesting chat but I think One of my favourites was definitely Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I'd never met her. It's always terrifying when you haven't met someone at all and you're about to go into a sort of hour-long conversation about, like, deep, deep things in life. Um, So that one was really scary. And for the first five minutes, I was like, oh, my God, does she like me? Does she think I'm an idiot? You know, I was just panicked. And then about ten minutes in, we hit this sweet spot of, oh, my gosh, we are just having just two women having a conversation about marriage and life and coping strategies. We're just two humans having a chat. And I forgot I was doing a podcast and I forgot that I was, you know, recording. It was just so special. So that was that was certainly one of my favourites. Uh, Jesse, which is hopefully not my husband from Instagram stories. What has helped you most to get over your anxiety? Well, Jesse, I'm not over it is the short answer. It's something that certainly is in my life um, quite a lot still. And I think the way that I deal with it is that I stop trying to get rid of it. I think as soon as we start to go, I've got to get rid of this anxiety is like, you know, I need it to go. Like I woke up in the middle of the night last night feeling really anxious about the homeschool and the juggling. I've got some podcasts to do after this today. And, you know, rather than go, oh, anxiety, not now, go away, it's three in the morning. I kind of just say, right, come on, bring it on anxiety, go for it. Do what do what you've got to do. And I think when we stop resisting it, that's when it naturally goes quicker. Might not necessarily go forever, but it speeds up the process. I also try and do a few things just in my everyday life to make my nervous system calmer because I can be quite you know uh, hyper and full-on and high octane so lots of walking breathing exercises doing a bit of yoga going to bed super early I mean luckily I'm not missing out on anything at the moment so that makes life a bit easier but I think it's just about um, just not resisting it and just letting it be there a lot of kids are feeling anxious at the moment. So that's also 
you know, something that we need to bear in mind, not to say to our kids, stop being worried or whatever. Just none, none of this is normal. None of this is normal. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, Cat from Facebook Live says, do you think social media is one of the most detrimental factors of mental health for the new generation? <clears throat> no. Let me tell you why. It's not social media's fault. It's very much our responsibility how we use it. No one's telling us we have to look at social media. No one's telling us we have to be on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter all day long. No one's saying that's what you've got to do. We have to remember our agency over it, that we can choose when we want. And it's hard. Like, I'm not saying that's easy. It's hard. I find it hard and I'm nearly 40. You know, I'm, I'm not like just, oh, I'm not even going to look at Instagram today. I'm like, it's addictive. We all want to look at it. But we have to remember it's not social media's fault. It's how we use it. We've created it as humans and now we've forgotten that we don't have to look at it. So I choose to follow people that make me feel good. I choose to engage with people that I know are wanting to have a conversation about stuff. Not always like-minded because I think you need to be challenged and talk about interesting things. But I'm careful with how I use it and I'm careful as to what I believe. If we look at social media and believe that like everybody in the public eye is just acing life and having the best time, that's detrimental to our mental health because we'll always come up short. We'll always feel like we're failing. But if we remember that it's a myth, much like watching a film at the cinema where you know that there's a degree of separation, like oh, I'm watching a film, this is fictional, the lead character is really gorgeous and everything's going brilliantly, but this is a film, this is not real. You know, we don't walk away from a film thinking, oh, I'm really failing because I don't look like that, I'm not doing all that. We know it's a film, but we've forgotten with social media that a lot of it isn't true. So I think we really need to remember that what we're viewing is a small part of the story. And we can really use social media to benefit us if we set our own boundaries of ourselves. If we, you know, say I'm only going to go on it for half an hour and then I'm going to do something else. So I'm only going to look, or I'm not going to look all weekend. You know, we have to set ourselves little boundaries and then I think we can use it for connection, for conversation, especially at the moment when we can't see other people. So I think it's about remembering how we use it and we have to take responsibility ourselves for that. There's always going to be people posting fake stuff or, you know, the imaginary fantasy life. Just don't follow them if it makes you feel bad. Um, let's have a look. Andre from Facebook says, so thrilled to see you on here, Fern. Thank you, Andre. Thrilled to have you here too. We've all read and heard about living in the moment and finding joys in small things in life. How do you go about practicing this? Any tips? Well, Andre, at the moment, it's blimmin' hard because we're living in a pandemic and my kids are at home all day, as you just witnessed, because one of them walked in the room. And it's exhausting. And it's harder to live in the moment because the moment feels really hectic because when I'm outside of this bedroom, I'm in my, I'm in my stepson's bedroom at the moment. This is my makeshift office and filming area because my stepson's at university. When I step out of that door, my life will be, mum, mum, can you get me a tangerine? Mum, can you put a telly on? Mum, where's my Lego? Mum. It's like any parent will say at the moment, it's nonstop. So I am in those moments finding it hard to live in the moment because I'm thinking, Oh, I can't wait till we get to eight o'clock so I can watch This Is Us on Prime and have a bowl of soup and a cup of tea. 
Like I'm racing towards that moment, but that I know that's not good. I know that we've got to find the joy in it all. So one of the things that I have been doing is when we go on our family walk, if we get out of the house, it's to go, I'm in the park and look at these beautiful trees. Like look at, look, there's green parrots in our local park. Super weird. Look at these parakeets. They're gorgeous. And I'm just trying to do it when I'm in nature. So even if I'm finding it really hard in the moment at home, when I'm in the park, I just really try and practice, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful that I'm in nature and that everything is just moving at a slower pace and that no one's, you know, rushing me and there's nothing to really do. So I think nature really helps in those moments. Okay, Lewis Michael from YouTube Live says, how did you learn to become more confident and be able to speak with people you have never met or in front of large groups of people? You know what? I think I still find it difficult at times, depending on how I'm feeling personally. If I'm speaking to a large crowd, often there's a real disconnect with uh, there being a lot of people watching me because I just can't process it especially if you're like on stage like you know the times that I've been in front of I don't know Wembley Stadium 50,000 people presenting at a concert a charity concert or whatever you can't necessarily take in that amount of people so it's almost like fine whereas often when it's you talking to one person and you really want to get a great interview like when I interviewed Hillary Clinton I was not chilled about it <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Why am I sat opposite her? This is absurd. There's security circling the room. Like, it was terrifying. But I think you just get into a rhythm where there's a sweet spot. 15 minutes in, you go, it's just another human. And we're just having a chat. And what you've got to do is totally eliminate any thought about people judging you. Because even people watching me now, there'll be some people that are really enjoying this. There'll be some people that will really get things from this. There'll be some people that just don't feel anything. There'll be some people that walk away and think, Fern didn't really offer me anything there. In every, every moment that I'm broadcasting live, doing an Instagram live, doing a podcast, people will love it, people won't love it. That's true of anything in life. People are always going to like your work and not like it. You just can't worry about it. It's just pointless. I'm just doing what feels good. Go back to what feels good to you. Right, my last question or my last answer is a question from Tim from Facebook Live. Good morning to you, Tim. Tim says, what's your view on how social media is affecting society? What do you think we need to change to make social media more healthy? Again, I think it goes back to personal responsibility, but I do think we need to widen the conversation around what is real and what is not probably more so to the younger generation. I don't want to say that in a patronising way because there are tons of young kids out there that are doing amazing things. Obviously, the prolific ones like Greta Thunberg that we know. Um, but, you know, there are there are a, a ton of people that are doing great things on social media that are young. And that's awesome. I just think we need to bring it back to you know, what what makes us feel good and what do we think is going to be helpful to the younger generation? That's going to be bespoke to everybody. But 
having chats with your kids about this stuff is probably quite important. My kids aren't quite that, that at that age yet. And my stepkids are actually very, very cool about social media and not too obsessed from what I can see, which I'm really glad about. I think we just need to all keep talking about it. And maybe there needs to be something in schools that's implemented where there's more conversation in, I don't know, PSHE or one of the lessons that covers life skills that is about what we're viewing and imbibing and how much that affects us. Um, you know, that needs to come from the top. But at the moment, it seems like our government have got other things, <laughs> you know, that they're having to deal with. Um, but it's certainly something I want to try and keep the conversation going and I want to do more work in that area so you know I'm going to do that I'm going to look, look more into it and I've been talking to a lot of my friends teenage children at the moment and just having honest conversations with them and listening more listening loads more listening Tim thank you so much for your question all of you that whizzed by beautiful questions it's been um lovely chatting with you all today and I hope that this has been a good start to your day I really do. Um, I'm going to finish up with our poll. So you may have seen that we had a poll running alongside this. And the question of the day was, do you handle stress well? 54% of you said yes. That's awesome. That's a big percentage. 46% of you said no. I think that weirdly, I handle big stress well and little stress really badly. So I am handling elements of the pandemic well because I'm using it as a chance to really connect with people as much as I can and talk about the problems we're feeling. And that makes me feel good and hopefully helps other people. But little stresses like knowing when I go downstairs that the kitchen is gonna look like the last day of Glastonbury Festival. Um, that stresses me out so bad. Like I, I lose my cool, I'm edgy, I'm irritable, I'll probably like snap at my husband. I'm bad with little stress. So I'm good with big stress. I can deal with a work crisis quite pragmatically, but with little things in my life, like if I'm behind on sending emails, oh, I can't bear it. But thank you. I mean, well done, all of you. 54% who handle stress well. That's incredible to hear that. Look, I just want to say again, thank you all so much for tuning in this morning. It's been a joy, a beautiful way to start my day. If you have got any more questions and you want to follow my journey with Happy Place or just me and my messy life, then do head to Instagram, either at Fern Cotton, that's my personal one, or at Happy Place Official. That will tell you what's coming up with Happy Place, all of our new projects, all the initiatives that we're working on and you can just chat to us there as well we want to be as supportive to our happy place community as possible now coming up on ask the expert on monday is aaron patrick who is a uk intuit quickbooks certified trainer and also head of accounts at boffix he has a great youtube channel called aaron patrick the quickbooks chap where he gives you a tour into the world of quickbooks online so do make sure that you check it out and also don't forget to join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB group on Facebook and also the Mindful Tax Kit link in the comment, uh, comments to help you reduce your stress. Once again, what a beautiful thing to start my day with. I so appreciate you sending in those lovely questions. Really, really do. And I hope that you have 
a wonderful weekend, whatever you're doing. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Big love to you. Follow your gut, follow what feels good to you. And I'll see you soon.